Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Hello. Josh, hey, it's Luke. Hey, what's up, bud? To the best of your memory, Halloween 1989, what did you dress up as and what were you doing? Man, I have no idea. My only real Halloween memory was sucking down helium balloons at the church carnival <laughs> and passing out and bouncing my head off the gym floor. Can we talk about the fact that we grew up going to what was called a funnable because Halloween was for <laughs> pagans? Yet they still had haunted houses and, you know, bowls yeah. where you stuck your hand in and had to guess what it was. All of the same things. Everyone in costume. Yes. Trick-or-treating. The whole deal. Just a different name. But just don't say the word Halloween. Fall funnable. <laughs> it's the best. I remember Absolutely. that. I remember yeah. you sucking all that helium down. I want to say it was eight balloons straight before you passed out. It was definitely a lack of oxygen to my brain. That could explain a lot. There was a lack of color in your face, too. I remember that. I was pretty sore the next day. My head really bounced off that hard gym floor. I really thought I was going to get the big bedroom. Like, I thought that was it. I was, I'd <laughs> successfully gotten you out of the way. Oh, goodness gracious. Cool, man. All right. Well, hey, happy Halloween. You too. Or, I mean, enjoy your funnel this week. Happy fall. All right. We'll talk to you later. See you, man. From Mill U Media Group, this is 30 Pop, a weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Braun. This is season one, episode 35 Shaky Ground and Groundbreaking Music. Today, we're looking back at the weeks that ended Saturday, October 21st and 28th, 1989. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 35 of 30 Pop. It's so hard to believe we're already almost nine months into this first season of the show, with only 10 weeks of 1989 left to review before we move into season two, looking back at 1990. I sincerely hope this has been at least half as fun for you as it has been for me. As I've mentioned so many times before, I really, really love producing this show each week, and I'm especially excited to be moving into a little holiday nostalgia over the next two and a half months. We're covering two weeks' worth of nostalgia today as I'm spending the remainder of this week relocating my recording studio. And since there wasn't just a ton of pop culture news 30 years ago next week, I thought it'd be best just to combine the two episodes and take a week off while I settle into the new space. As for today, we have much to discuss as there was a lot happening this week in 1989. Once again this week, the number one movie at the box office was Amy Heckerling's Look Who's Talking, starring Kirstie Alley, Bruce Willis, and John Travolta. And once again, we're going to wait another episode or two to dive into it. It spent several weeks at the top, so we've got plenty of time. There wasn't much else happening in movie theaters this week or next, but there was a lot of excitement in the sports world. On October 15th, hockey legend Wayne Gretzky passed fellow legend Gordie Howe as the NHL's all-time top scorer with his 1,851st point. Howe's record's been passed by a couple more players over the years since. Mark Messier with a career 1,887 points and Yaramir Yager with 1,921. But what Gretzky did in his career is beyond remarkable. He went on to score or assist on 2,857 points. 
I don't really understand hockey at all, despite my best attempts to the contrary, but I do understand that that is a spectacular accomplishment. It's no mystery Gretzky is known to this day as the Great One. In college football, a few days later, on October 21st, the University of Houston Cougars broke a record of their own, becoming the first team in the history of the NCAA to gain over 1,000 yards in a single game in their 95-21 victory over the Mustangs of Southern Methodist University. With 517 of their 1,021 yards belonging to junior quarterback Andre Ware, despite his only having played in the first half of the game, Ware went on to win the Heisman Trophy that year for obvious reasons. The biggest sports news, though, by a long shot, was when at 5.04 p.m. Pacific time on October 17th, just 31 minutes before the scheduled start of Game 3 of the World Series between the visiting Oakland A's and the home team San Francisco Giants, the devastating Loma Prieta earthquake rocked California's central coast and the entire Bay Area, killing 63 people, injuring over 3,700 more, destroying tens of thousands of buildings and becoming the first major earthquake in the United States to be broadcast on live television. The earthquake is estimated to have caused around $6 billion in damage, the equivalent of $12 billion today. In light of the disaster, Game 3 of the four-game series was delayed by 10 days to October 27th. The series ended that next night with the A's sweeping the Giants in four games. In music, there wasn't much change from last week in that Motley Crue's Dr. Feelgood was still the number one album in the country and Janet Jackson's Miss You Much was still the number one single. The following week would be Janet's last week with the top single, but her first week with the top album, Rhythm Nation 1814, which she'd released to major critical acclaim a month earlier, and which I discussed, sort of, on episode 33 with my dear friend Latifa Alatas. There was another historic release 30 years ago this week. Pretty Hate Machine, the debut album from American industrial rock band Nine Inch Nails, or more accurately, Trent Reznor, under the moniker Nine Inch Nails. Reznor did basically everything on this album, recording most of the demos of which it was compiled during off hours at Right Track Studio in Cleveland, Ohio, where he worked as a janitor and handyman at the time. He's gone on to become one of the most renowned and respected musicians, songwriters, composers, and voices in and against the music industry in the three decades since the release of that album, which, coincidentally, he doesn't like. He's been active the last 10 or so years scoring major films alongside his longtime collaborator Atticus Ross, such as The Social Network, for which he won an Oscar, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, for which he won a Grammy, Gone Girl, and the 2018 Netflix original Bird Box, while still releasing albums for both Nine Inch Nails and the band in which he plays alongside his wife, How to Destroy Angels. I suppose being brilliant keeps a person pretty busy. That's pretty much everything that was happening at this point in 1989, but there was still so much goodness to come before the end of the year. I'll be back the first Monday of November to pick things back up with episode 36. In the meantime, be sure to follow the show on social media at 30pop podcast and subscribe to our 30pop mixtape playlist on Apple Music or Spotify to hear the top 40 songs from this week in 1989. You can also check out our store on Tee Public for all kinds of really fun retro merch for which you can get a whole bunch of bonus points at our next 30pop trivia night on November 19th. Lastly, if you love this show and want to partner with me in making it happen each week, along with all the other shows that are a part of Milieu Media Group, then join me for as little as $1 a month at the Patreon link in the show notes. I realize I mention this just about every week, and maybe that seems a bit like overkill to you, but here's why. I love, love, love telling stories and producing podcasts like this one. 
And I believe wholeheartedly that storytelling, when done well, can serve to deepen our connection to one another, to amplify the voices of people who may be far too often overlooked, and ultimately to make the world a better place to live. I own a network that has a total of 10 shows on it currently, and I produce all of them and host or co-host several of them. And I do all of that while also working a full-time job. My goal over the next year is to work my way into running this network and telling stories for a living, full-time. And Patreon is the very best shot I have at making that dream a reality. I'm looking for folks who share my love of stories and my belief in their ability to change the world to partner with me in this work. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's not. Either way, I'm so thankful to you for listening each week and sharing this show with other folks who may enjoy it. You're the best. Each one of you. So until next week, why don't you try squeezing something the size of a watermelon out of an opening the size of a lemon and see how hot you look. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Mill You Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1989 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>